Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, everyone. Graham Couch here from the Lansing State Journal, along with Chris Solari from the Detroit Free Press. Uh, we are both in Iowa City in separate locations. I am in my rental car, and Chris is in his hotel room. <laughs> and uh, this is our post-game talking Spartans after Michigan State's 49-7 to loss to Iowa. And look, Chris, I mean, we, uh, we knew they might not win. We knew there were tough days ahead. Uh, we thought there may be a game that went really poorly at some point. I don't think we imagined this. And um, uh, Mel Tucker, for the first time that I've heard talking about this particular team, was angry. And that was that was interesting. He was he was really upset with what he saw, and it's clear there's some evaluation needs to happen. And and uh, and I, I think he should be disappointed in this performance because they were not only blown off the ball, but they just didn't look. It wasn't just a letdown. They looked overmatched and unprepared a little bit. Yeah, a wise man once told me, "Don't oversell. Um, you're better to undersell and, and then deliver." Um, Is that and, me? Uh, yeah, that was you. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, I, I think that what last week did, and, and it, in some ways, it maybe oversold some things uh, to the fan base. But the reality is that we're seeing that this isn't a good Michigan team that they beat. It, no. It's not a good Minnesota team. Um, you know, a team like Indiana, who Michigan State faces next, is a pretty good team. They're three and zero coming into Spartan Stadium next week. Um, but this wasn't a great Iowa team either. I mean, the, the, but they made big plays. I mean, they they blew Michigan State off the ball on both sides, and that was the difference in the game. I mean, if you couldn't establish anything in the trenches against Iowa, um, you were going to have a long day. And and I thought that that was the big key. I mean, the, the regression of the offensive line uh, was significant. Um, and I think that – What's interesting is they pretty much went with five guys. You know, how many guys they have healthy is, is another question. And who is, is really banged up? I mean, they've kind of played coy with, with a lot of that injury stuff right now. And in part, I think because of issues with COVID, they don't want to try and identify athletes who have COVID. Um, but, you know, they're playing basically five guys up front. Um, you know, they're thin at tackle. And, and there's no real legitimate options behind some of these guys. So you just got to take your lumps. And I mean, to go from 126 yards against a pretty good pass rush team against Michigan and no sacks down to, to having Rocky Lombardi chased all day uh, with a pressure in his face and, and bare and, and not even getting 60 yards on the ground. I mean, that, if Mel Tucker's seeing that that's regression. Yeah, no. It, it, and what was interesting is in Iowa saw, and it was an interesting comment by an Iowa defensive lineman who said, you know, he saw, uh, they, they saw with Rocky when he when you get pressure on him he, he can you know doesn't look as good it, it, it's obvious now no quarterback looks great with pressure but I think teams are going to start to see that and, and they know you, with these receivers your best bet is to make him uncomfortable uh, I you know I was surprised and I know Iowa takes away the the deep stuff right their their idea is to keep you in front of them but the one thing Michigan State does where I think they can actually impose their will might be that 
and we saw them go deep twice and connect. And there's an old rule in basketball. Like, you know, if Steph Curry goes two for two for three and the Golden State Warriors lose by 20, that's not a good performance. You, you shoot till you miss at some point. You know, at a certain level, that really seems to be working out. And I, and I, I think that's something they need to do. But that wasn't going to save them in this game. This, this game, you're right, Chris, this was lost at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, both weeks, I thought you could see it right away. I thought last week against Michigan, the defensive line, it was like, whoa, okay, these guys are in it. This week, the way Iowa moved down the field, you went, whoa, that's that's trouble. And uh, that, that the line of scrimmage, I think, for this team, I mean, we know they have good skill guys. Rocky Lombardi did not play well, but we know he's capable. We saw it last week. We know their receivers are pretty good. I think their running backs are fine. Um, I think they've got some guys on defense that, you know, Antoine Simmons injury today and playing a little bit hurt them. But the line of scrimmage is just going to determine so much for them this season, and they, they, they regress mightily. Yeah, and, you know, the Simmons injury you mentioned, I mean, he was in and out. Um, it To me, that changes the defense in some respects. Uh, per, not necessarily when he's out so much as trying to put him back in there when he's hurt. I mean, the first play he came back in after a long absence uh, was a 71-yard run uh, for Goodson. And, you know, you know, not necessarily saying that he did anything wrong on that play, but there was a giant hole the other side. So there's, I mean, you know, the question is with Rocky Lombardi, how hurt is he? I mean, is he hurt? I mean, I guess in the broadcast, and, and I didn't hear this on the broadcast, but uh, enough people had said that they they said that he was playing with a lower body injury. Well, at that point, you got a lot of questions now. Is is a 50% Rocky Lombardi or 75% Rocky Lombardi a better option than uh, Peyton Thorne, who we saw today for the first time, and you know, without a depth chart, appears to be the backup. I mean, Theo Day's body language on the field was was pretty removed from the situation with the huddles, and, and you know, there were there were po- moments when he was uh, way down the sideline while the offense was meeting. So there, there's probably some concern there, um, but there's a lot of question marks that this team has with personnel right now, uh, be it injuries or whatever it might be. I mean, you're down four starters today. I mean, you're without Matt Allen. They're without Trey Mosley for the second straight week. But then you add in Chris Jackson, you add in uh, Matt Dotson, and that's that's a pretty significant amount of bodies to be out. And we don't know how hurt they are or what their situations are. Um, but it, as we saw with, with Simmons and, and Lombardi, guys are trying to play through it. And, you know, it, it, that that tells you something. I mean, it, you know, they're they're young and they're going to take some lumps. And, you know, this is part of a young team. You know, I think about those D'Antonio early era teams that were up and down. That's what you're seeing right now. And the, the drops were an issue too early in this game. Yeah. But that, those wideouts, those wideouts have to be consistent. They can't just be prolific. You know, I mean, that, they really didn't. Because Rocky Lombardi, I went back through the drives and, you know, they were down 21 nothing before he really began to struggle. He was pretty good on third down before that. He had a couple drops. He had one interception early, but that was served about as well as a punt. It was a deep ball. It didn't really it, – that itself should not have been something that, that really altered the game. Once they got down 21 nothing, and he talked about it, he thought he had to do too much, and he, and he started pressing, and they started coming after him. And, and I thought the fact they were down 35 nothing at the half, a lot of that was on him and the way he played after that in those next four possessions where he was 0 for 4 on third downs with an interception. But – uh, Lombardi is going to be interesting to watch here. Great leader. Uh, we've seen him play well as a quarterback. We've seen him play poorly as a quarterback. 
And one of the things I, I wrote about today is, you know, you, you do have to remember, like, this was his fifth start. And Connor Cook's sixth start, he threw for like 100. Oops, sorry, there's my lights. Um, oh. Let me see if I can get those. Well, I'm, I'm just six, darker. It's his sixth start for Lombardi. Yeah, yeah. Six, uh, what's that? Sixth start for Lombardi. I thought it was five, right? He started Three two. in 2018, and this is the third one this season. All right, I thought it was two then. So maybe I said five. I will have to correct that in the column. If you've read that in the column, it's one off. But the sixth start for Rocky Lombardi, and I look really like a Blair Witch Project uh, person right now. This is great. Um, the uh, There's a reference that dates me a little bit. Um, but uh, sixth start for Connor Cook, he threw 13 for 25 for 100 yards, and they scored 14 points in a bad game against Purdue. Seventh start for Kirk Cousins was against Iowa, like 15 of 30 or something for – uh, you know, and, and they, they scored uh, 13 or 14 points in a loss to Iowa. Those are the best two quarterbacks in MSU history. And I'm not saying that's where Lombardi's headed, but I'm saying we are often quick to judge that position. And you have to give those guys time. And Lombardi has done enough to deserve a chance to figure this out a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, that's let's face it. This is going to was going to be and is in many ways a lost year not just for michigan state but for all of college football um it's it is what it is it's games that people can watch but there's no bearing necessarily on on eligibility or any of those things what it is is, is essentially a longer and more extended spring ball and getting to face other there? people and you know I think the, you know, the the problem that you've seen with quarterbacks, and this goes back to the D'Antonio era, a lot of them didn't get many reps uh, to understand the, the position in a live game action, which is different. Um, you know, Lombardi, two of Lombardi's starts, um, you know, he won them in, in 2018. And and that's, that's pretty significant. He had some pretty good experience coming in, but then last year all he did was serve as a backup. So anytime he came in, it was in a reserve role. So he understood how to prepare for a starter, but he didn't know how to necessarily be the guy. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing right now. You've got to get through the the ups and downs to become the guy like Kirk Cousins did that first year where, you know, it, it was that quarterback battle with Keith Nickel and eventually Cousins took the job and Nickel, I think, got a start when, it, when Cousins was hurt. Yeah. But, um, you know, that that's, I think, what we're seeing here, you know, but the question then becomes, is it going to be a Kirk Cousins, Connor Cook type situation, or would it end up being an Andrew Maxwell situation right. where, where, you know, the the talent hits a wall versus what you're seeing? I, I mean, the kid seems like a smart kid, and he's made tremendous progress from even a year ago, um, and we saw tremendous growth between week one and week two. How do you, how do you, become consistent instead of up and down like that's and that's that's goes across the board not just the rocky lombardi yeah and because this year is i mean lombardi in theory i mean he's not somebody who has a pure nfl passer so i don't think he's you know looks like an nfl guy right now so essentially he has two more years of eligibility so how these this position battle you know plays itself out over time if he establishes himself as a guy or somebody pushes him Will, will be interesting to watch. And you bring up the, the the thing that made Connor Cook great to me in college and the thing I thought would give him a shot in the NFL and didn't happen was the way he shook off pressure and the way he could deal with people at his feet and it didn't bother him. And that was a real knack and a real gift. Kirk Cousins did not have that. And he was even at Michigan State much worse. And in the NFL, that's been one of his big struggles is more so than some other NFL quarterbacks. Pressure at his feet changes his throws. And so we're, we'll find out with Lombardi a little bit because he's got to be able to be a playmaker. 
and make good decisions and accurate throws when he's uncomfortable. And, you know, so far we're, we're not seeing that. One of the other things that Connor Cook did really well that Lombardi needs to, to work on, and some guys can do it, some guys can't change it, is the ability to shake off the bad plays. And he talked about that. He talked about needing to be able to do that. But how do you do that? Do you completely go blank-minded and put it in the past, or are you trying to do too much? And I think that's where he he started to do too much. You know, one mistake compounds into a second mistake, compounds into a third mistake. Um, you know, that's that that's something that can't happen. I mean, it, it, it's got to be um, like he talked about it. You know, in the second half, he was a lot more in terms of neutral thinking, like Mel Tucker mm-hmm. talked about, and he wasn't as as up and down. You know, it's a it's a different kind of game to go home and play in front of your family. Um, regardless of the situation. I mean, you're not, they're not faces in the crowd anymore. They are the whole crowd. Yep. So that's a different dynamic right there. Um, but I, I do think, though, next week against Indiana uh, is a critical, critical game because what we're seeing right now, you know, with Indiana winning, with Maryland winning at Penn State, I mean, there's no gimmies left for Michigan State. Well, there were- ever were. And when you say critical, though, I don't think it's I don't think there's a critical game to win on this. No, it's critical from a performance standpoint. Though. Right. You can't necessarily right. play. Um, you know, you can't have regression. You can't continue to not build off what you showed at Michigan uh, and take steps backwards. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You absolutely have to look better. I think that's a really a really good point. And that's those are the sort of things you, you want to see characteristics within the program, right? And I mean, you know, your expectations is not bowl game or a certain amount of wins this year. It's about what things look like. And, and I think the eye test largely will tell us that um, this year uh, will be an interesting week, Chris. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have complete coverage of it. I mean, it's, I, I don't, um, Indiana is a tough, tough deal. We saw last year with a different offensive coordinator, mind you, but how well they countered a very good uh, Michigan state defense at that time. And um, they're rolling a little bit. I, They've been a bad feeling state side the last couple of years, even though I think they've only won once in 2016. But they've given them good games, and they've kind of they've kind of become what Iowa was in those early 2000 or early 2010s when they yeah. were still playing. I mean, they've 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 shown that they can compete with Michigan State, and they want to get over that that proverbial hump and 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 turn the rivalry. So it'll be interesting to see how how this shapes up at Spartan Stadium noon kickoff next Saturday. Well, you can read us at freep.com, lsj.com, greenandwhite.com. Thanks for watching or listening. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.